0: are back again. Um, Lacey can't be with us today and James is going to be running a little late and then we might have a surprise guest. However, Bartimus and Slew are here today and one of the things we have been discussing backstage is what about shunning? And so here's the thing that I've been saying for a while and this is that shunning by any name is still shunning and it can cause distress. Shunning has killed many people. Some people um, commit suicide. Some people struggle with depression and anxiety and other um, ability to have meaningful connections with folks because of the practice of shunning. So I kind of wrote this thing about shunning, and I thought we would kind of talk about it a little bit. So the first thing that I wrote about is refusal to engage with you in conversation unless you adhere and conform to the expectations. And in, in example. You must adhere to. The same beliefs as. As the people in the church that you were in. Like if you. Deviated in any form shape or way. Or even maybe had a, a disagreement. Like. Did you lose social status. Either of you.
1: Uh, absolutely. And it was before I had. Formally left it started happening. Because I got on this, um, I was teaching a curriculum to my church, and it was, what if we took the whole Jesus doctrine seriously and, you know, took in the poor and focused on social justice and, uh, you know, stood up to arbitrary authorities. And that had already started kind of pushing me out of the good graces of the church to where the opportunities to speak within my own community started to dwindle.
0: Like. While you were still actively a church member, yes, now was there a formal process that they named that by anything or, or they didn't
1: they just, it was they just they just didn't want to hear uh hear me speak on those types of topics uh that's where it started and then when I had resigned from the church um they had contacted other churches telling them not to have me there to speak um and it was the entire community who knew that I wasn't one that was to be talked to about anything regarding Christian behavior.
0: How did that feel?
1: Crappy. Um, Cause these people, you know, yes, they were, they were my church, but like, you know, we, we had spent three years building this community up and, you know, being a part of the, the weddings and the birthdays and the funerals and, um, to just not be welcome anymore really was crappy.
0: That's so terrible. I'm so sorry. Did you ever experience anything like that? I,
2: I have, um, I'm still working through that, to be honest. Um, like I still recognize things every now and then when they're brought up as, uh, as fitting under that category, but I don't, I don't typically, um, like I, I still I still have trouble connecting it sometimes um, I mean a lot of the things that, that you bring up with this it's um, yeah, it's very like uh, I, I felt like um, they're kind of disguised in a way and and I mean the church is good for that anyways it's a it's a cult um i don't i don't see much distinguish dis, distinct blah, sorry distinction between a cult and a religion to begin with um i've had people in my own show that have that have talked about being in a uh, cult the children of god cult and in, in particular i've had somebody on from there And it was, uh, very fascinating to see the similarities and everything, but you don't necessarily like when you're in the religion, you you don't really pick up on those things while you're in it. Um, it it's, it it takes a uh, certain amount of being able to step outside of yourself, honestly assess things and, and try to, uh, try to see things from there. And yet, still, you, you have these um, these tendencies to go back to the, to the shit that, that you've grown up with your whole life. Um, so, it, it's, it's a very difficult thing to try to, to pinpoint sometimes, I think.
0: So, when you're untangling it, what I'm hearing you say is that there's so much... That it's really, really hard to even begin to navigate unraveling anything to where it makes any kind of sense to you. Exactly.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Did they have a, didn't they have a name for this process?
2: For the process of detangling things and all that, <laughs> deconversion, the the topic yeah. we're on today.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <that laughs> um, one. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um,
2: um I, I, you know, that almost gets demonized in itself with, with Christianity where that's, um, uh, the way our church had portrayed it. And I told it to you earlier was that we were supposed to be, um, in this world, but not of this world. So, so you have this thing. And then also they, they entangle this thing of, um, which is very culty in itself is that, that they entangle this this nature of uh, that's your well, that's your church family. That's your church family you're abandoning now, right? So you're abandoning family at that point. And whether it's literal family or church family or whatever, that is a very manipulative thing structure to base things off of so far off of logic and reason to begin with that it's it's ridiculous to base anything off of that i don't see any justification for that at all i would i would judge i would rather have my daughter judge me honestly uh, and not tangle up all of that shit of religion or family or anything else than to have her um kind of hold me on a pedestal to the point of um you know giving me an exception a caveat to the fucking shit that we're talking about I think that's unreasonable. You don't um you don't hold people in that way uh to their to your standards or anything else, your boundaries or anything if your boundaries are being infringed upon by somebody uh, it doesn't matter if they're family or um, friends or whatever at that point. Um, they, sh- they, they should all be held accountable for their actions and their um, the things they say and all of that. They should hold themselves accountable for that matter. If they can't, we run into some major fucking issues with things.
0: Well, and you know, wouldn't, would you agree um, with this statement that boundaries are in place first off to um, allow you to have meaningful connections with people while keeping you safe and keeping them safe.
2: I'd I'd say boundaries are for the individual, but at a certain point, we can all agree on certain boundaries with things. Uh Um, Empathy and things play into that. Um, uh, Logical fallacies, I think, tend to play into those things. I think I mean, as as far as going back in in to history and everything, um, the logical fallacies and all of that are based off philosophy. Um, Certain parts of philosophy and everything are how we even came up with scientific methods and things to begin with. Um, So it all kind of feeds off of one another, like Socratic method is uh, a standard basis for science and psychology and things. Um you you can't outgrow your ancestry in that that the same way that you can't in evolution and things of that nature. Um it's it's all very um meaningful to me and it it all makes sense. It it
0: it lines up with one another in in my point of view. That kind of makes sense. Like, I, I can see where some people would feel that it all kind of lines together and it, like, yeah. But I I do want to point out, like, going back to Bartimaeus, like, Bartimaeus was talking about, like, being able to see it while still in the congregation. Like, did you experience that in the congregation?
2: I, I wish I could have. Like, I I wish you know there were things that that came up here and there that were um excused by um our uh our religions their oh, what do you call like excuse the um god i'm 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 horrible right now i'm trying to think of the the terminology trying to come up
0: with. well we can come back to that if you would like
2: um <laughs> Yeah, it's, I'll, yeah, I'll think of it in a minute. But
0: you know, this is how a trauma brain sometimes works. I just like it's it's factual. I, it's okay. It is like it really I get does mattered
2: off into a million different areas of all of that because there's like we we're talking yeah. about it's so entangled into all of it that it, it's hard to get it separated out whenever you're you're talking in depth into these these right. situations.
0: So let's move on to the second thing that i read about which is apologetics sorry christian apologetics. apologetics yeah yeah
2: so so they would have different um people in that were pertaining to what seems now to me is pertaining directly to the baptist culture and everything um they would have they would bring those people up and they would talk about their apologetics and things um And you know, that's, that's theology to them. That's, that's them basing things off of, you know, whatever. it makes no sense at the end of the day. They're just basing it off of things that still don't follow up with logic or reason. The things that, that, that are based off of, um, like I said, the, the philosophy and things that have backed scientific method. Um, it, it doesn't line up with any of that, but yet, it's a pseudoscience. They like to coin little things and try to make it seem like it's scientific, and then never get to the point that is made based off of anything scientific. So you you've kind of got this confusion with all of that. And then all of a sudden, they just insert faith. So anything that that can't be explained by those things logically or reasonably, then faith takes over from there. You just have to have faith. Even faith as uh, small as a mustard seed, right? Like, that was one of the main fucking things that was pushed. That was one of the...
1: Let God be true and every man a liar. <laughs>
2: yeah. Wow. That, yeah, was, no, that was
1: preached quite regularly, uh, which it's an old Martin Luther saying.
0: Yeah. I've I've definitely heard of this before. I don't know, I couldn't say where, but I certainly have heard of this before. Um, But I think, like, okay, so, so are you supposed to have, like, then, so my second point was, like, talking a little bit about removal of benefits. So are you just supposed to blindly have faith that... You know, no matter what tragedies happen in your life or what happens, like, let's say you have a tornado and your house gets leveled by a tornado and, you know, you're not allowed to have homeowner's insurance or anything like that. So the church is now supposed to help you manage that. Um, But, and here's a kicker, here's a good one for you, like the church is also now responsible. They decide who they're going to help. So, yeah often with shunning, um, people can have removal of benefits. Like, they're no longer um, worthy of the church's finances, right? So did any of you experience any of that, or did you witness it? Uh, Like,
2: Can I take this? (laughs) They they had, um, so every time a hurricane happened down in, you know, in the Gulf, every time they would go to the things of like um, gambling and, and things of that nature and the, the Mardi Gras and all of that shit. They would tie this directly into it. You it's can't forget the gay. Oh, yeah. Just anything that was just outside of their little Christian norm was uh, sinful, and that, that was why God was bringing those things on those people. Now that's wow. completely ignoring, you know, the fact that many Christians die of cancer all the fucking time, terrible diseases, you know, constantly. But I mean, you know, of course, in that specific situation, and that's what that's what was happening. No evidence based. Wow. It, it, nothing. It's it,
1: and if the yeah. church, if if like if the church believed that your family was not in the will of God when a tragedy struck, then there would not be any financial support helped because you were being judged by God.
2: Well, of course I was down after hurricane Katrina happened. I was down in the Southern Gulf helping with these, these Christian um, outfits um, through my Baptist church. They were very particular with what, 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 churches they associated themselves with with what charities they would associate themselves with we had methodists we had uh church of christ um we we had several denominations nazarenes and and different ones that were very close to the same fucking thing we believed in but there was a tick off here or there on it so they would never connect themselves with those people They'd be maybe um, selling roses or something for a charity uh, for a certain event in our in our small town and our church would have nothing to do with it because it was outside of what they promoted as their religion.
0: Well, Slew, you're supposed to ask Brian for some help with your heating bill.
2: The life of Brian? i am brian (laughs) i go by jesus in our in our community as well
0: (laughs) oh that's funny well see it's really interesting to me that this isn't like just you know the whole separatist opinion like they hold themselves separate from the world but you know if, if you really want to go there If you like Bartima said Like Jesus hung out with who Who did Jesus hang out with In the Bible like let's talk about I that For a everybody. minute
1: Tax <laughs> collectors and hookers. Yeah. I,
0: I mean like
1: And <laughs> And
0: lepers, you... like, like, like let's be real He hung with out
2: Jesus.
0: <laughs> with the poor people he hung out with the downtrodden he hung out with the sick people he he took his whip according to the bible and he chased the money changers from the temple like do really so it's really confusing to me like this whole loss of benefits has never made sense to me yeah
2: well that's the other thing it depends on what what book of the Bible you're talking about because these are different authors that have been strung together, tried to be portrayed as being um, it's all flowing together it all makes sense if you take it as a whole was what our fucking church portrayed but it doesn't, the more you look at it as these individual things trying to be portrayed as a whole, it makes even less fucking sense at the end of the day
0: well see and that's the thing like um, many people they experience this thing of like when they start reading the Bible for themselves then they start realizing different things and having different actualizations as they participate in actually learning about the Bible. Right, But <clears throat> that's another thing is when, when you're talking about shunning and you know, we have the loss of benefits and like, who did Jesus really hang out with in the Bible? Like, let's, you know, we talk about that a little bit, but then sometimes within churches, uh, you may lose your employment or employability. Like if you have a disagreement with a principal and you verbalize or voice that disagreement that your church is practicing, then you're church or your employer your church will instruct your employer to remove your employment they may not give you references for a new job or all of those things like did did you guys ever see that
1: so when uh when we were in ministry if you would go to a church and speak they would take a love offering up to give to the speaker um so as far as actually it making money to survive, uh, that was one of the sources of supplemental income that was made available to us. And as soon as I had resigned from the church, uh, it, was, it was that big idea of – it was – sorry, kids just came home from a basketball game. <laughs> um, oh, fun. Yeah, but it was, it was this uh, – that whole financial resource was was taken away. Because I might say some dangerous things to the churches that would have me on.
0: I'm so sorry.
1: So, um, yeah, definitely loss of income was a was the thing. Yeah. So what
0: about what about you? So,
1: so I never. I,
2: sorry, I missed that. Um, but I've never. Um, I never saw that directly. Um, maybe in a way. Because I think it all kind of ties together at the end of the day, this bootstrapping philosophy that we have in our in our society in America to begin with, mm-hmm. it ties into the religious aspects of things as well. Um, so it's like this thing of, um, oh well, for you to be a hard you you've got to be a hard worker, you've got to do all of these things to prove yourself to be worthy, to get money. From this person to do these things, even if it's above and beyond what your um, physical labor and everything entails, that that's what that's what's expected of you. So I did in in the the smaller regard of that. I don't know. I don't want to call it smaller. I guess because that's still a, a a very realistic thing that that a lot of people face in this country. I think um whether whether they directly connect that with christianity or not i think it's very fucking like very well connected with christianity um and the way it's bled into society and stuff as well the the propaganda that's been spread and everything in in that nature so i see it um i can see it in that that form um is that I've I've faced that a lot um, with people directly in the church that I grew up in um, doing... I, I had done, like, yard work and stuff for somebody once that had owned a, his own business and stuff. And he was mm-hmm. very particular about every little thing. But he wasn't particular about the fucking money being, you know,
3: mm-hmm.
2: worth the fucking labor that was being put into it. He didn't want to put the labor in himself to do any of this shit or help with any of it or anything. But, you know, he, he wanted he, he wanted somebody to, to pick up on the bootstrap bullshit that he was fucking promoting. And I, I think that's all a bunch of horse shit. I, I think it um, also goes into certain people that try to push that in um, psychology or in um. Uh, what do they they call that? Like uh, positive, positive thinking or whatever. Like it, it's so fucking stupid. At the end of the day, it doesn't. You're you're taking all of your environment out of it completely, and you're you're forcing it to be this person's problem because they haven't done enough, and that's very fucking Christian. That's a very Christian fucking aspect of things. Um, to guilt and shame yourself into beating yourself up over these things. When it isn't that. It's just that some asshole wants to make more money. And they had more money to begin with.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. So it's back to like capitalism and how it affects that. Exactly. We now have Barbara here. Hi, Barbara. Hi, I'm Gary.
4: Hi, very good to see you again. How you are you doing, too.
2: Barbara? Hi, is good. a multi-million-dollar corporate corporation. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, <kidding>. I'm <laughs> really sorry. Slipped. I'm just uh, being a dick. I'm sorry.
0: And then we have Bartimus here too, and we're kind of talking about shunning right now. So we've already discussed like you know when people get shunned like sometimes like shunning can be used by a different name and it's still shunning. Um, Refusal to engage in conversations unless you adhere to their demands and expectations. Loss of benefits, loss of income. Um, The next topic that we're going to bring up is going to be not allowing you to sit at at the same table to eat a meal with your family or community did any of you experience that?
1: Mine was just not being invited or welcome at the gathering period. Like, so, um, it wasn't, I could go, but I had to be separate. It was just, just don't go. It uh, was kind of the theme.
0: Wow. So, refresh my memory, you were Baptist, right? Yes,
1: yeah, so I was a Southern Baptist minister for the last few years of my ministry.
0: And they don't, claim to practice shunning?
1: Uh, they don't claim to practice shunning, but uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you the verse that was used when I left. It's uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 19. It says, They went out from us because they were not of us. For if they had been us, they would have no doubt continued with us. But they went out that they might manifest that they were not of us. So it's it's not shunning, it's just recognizing that I was never one of them to begin with. Oh wow. Yeah. So wow. it's it's the same thing but a different name.
0: Wow. What about you, Slough? Um
2: so I like I said earlier, I, I kind of had this I, I have this trouble with um trying to to distinguish what was shunning and what wasn't and everything of that nature, because it was just, uh, I, I, I honestly think it's like I'd, I'd talked about earlier about, um, it being family and stuff. And so you can't, you can't hold family to those standards, right? You've, you've got to hold them to a different standard that's somehow lower, which usually like authority is supposed to be held in higher standards. Um, which was it would be exactly what I could, I would expect of my daughter to, to hold me to. And mm-hmm. it, it doesn't make sense to me now, but then it did. Uh, so I'm, I'm in that weird um, that weird state of mind where sometimes I still find things that um, I held to those standards and I don't necessarily do now. And, and it makes me think sometimes when they they get brought up, like you've you've brought up some good examples that, that I didn't necessarily put under that those terms of things, but I would now, I definitely would.
0: That's really interesting. Uh- you know how like we we may be shunned but we may not be able to verbalize that or even recognize that or acknowledge it because it is promoted and indoctrinated into us by our different types of religions that's
2: uh, that's the thing too i want to ask you is like if if you're shunned do they is it is it just very obvious that you're being shunned, or do they try to make it out like it isn't being shunned? It's it's this other thing, because it's, that's what they did with us. They they I don't know about well, Bartimus, I believe it, it was probably the same thing to where they tried to make it out like it wasn't a shunning. Oh, that's bad. That's something different. That's what, different.
1: They tried to make it like I was choosing not to engage. Right. With yes. Even yes, though they exactly. were the ones that had broken communication.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, in the church I was in, it was called They Put Me in the Bon and Maidung because, you know, I disagreed with some things. Um there's a whole story behind that, but I'm not getting into that. But anyway, so part of the Bon and Maidung it's it, it like translates into shunning. Absolutely right. shunning. Um, which like no. I haven't sat with my family in 18 years and eaten a meal with them
2: I think, I I think the the water the waters getting muddied a bit with the yeah. mother like to try to make up for it or whatever
0: right and they would say well she knew she's choosing this because she is yeah. the one who exactly i i'm i'm seeing barbara nod her head
4: yes yes the the religion that my son james and i came out of not yeah, they they demonized us. They call us all kinds of names like uh, apostate, that was their big their favorite one, and then um evil and and they they say that when we left we, we want to leave because we want to do all kinds of bad things like drink and smoke and <laughs> fornicate. And and well, maybe some did when they left, but not the majority. I mean certainly I didn't. I, I'm pretty sure James didn't. He could nod his head. <laughs> 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 Although I, I, I know mean, he smoked. I do know he smoked. I mean, you know, <laughs>
2: Which, I mean,
4: in our religion was a disfellowshipping, even, shunning offense. So, even yeah. <laughs> what they
2: describe as fornication isn't necessarily immoral in, in a lot Yo. of aspects <laughs> of things. So. Um, But yeah, yeah, it's based off of prophecies and stuff to begin with. So it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of ridiculous to, to just start with that. You're going to base things off of, you're, you're going to write a whole book to begin with based off different authors and everything tied together. And then you're going to base them off of the birth of this person and, and them being what? Like it didn't even giving a specific day of birth or anything. It's this very just wishy-washy uh kind of aspect. of yeah,
3: Just think about this, though. Their Lord and Savior was born from fornication. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> think about that for a minute because God, you know, impregnated Mary against her consent, first of all, and without marrying her. And so your Lord and Savior, or their Lord and Savior, is born out of fornication.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But now, now, James, that was the immaculate conception.
3: Sure. That was just an excuse that Mary had to make to cover up her bad deeds back then. And so she started a religious movement over it.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> This is a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry
4: like, I brought it up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, don't be sorry. Sometimes be we sorry, need yeah. to. Uh, you
4: know, I was thinking earlier how th- uh, the the watchtower kept hitting on the scripture in I believe it's 2 Timothy chapter 3 how there'll be no natural affection in the last days. And yet they themselves promote the idea of no natural affection by shunning Uh, by by requiring family members to shun one another when they leave that organization. Oh, me And and I know for a fact now, James is my youngest son, but I have another older (laughs) son who is still in this, who is still a practicing Jehovah's Witness, and he has been shunning us since we announced to him that, that we were leaving. James did for a time, too, but he came to his senses.
0: <laughs> oh.
2: The other oh, one's barking in the background right now. Yeah, that's um, my dog. <laughs> no, I'm just...
0: That's my dog. Oh, I know. I you think that's sure. a really important distinction to make, is that, you know, when you encounter something where your religion is promoting a specific type of thing, like there will be un- no unnatural affection, all of that, And then to realize that your religion is actually promoting a type of unnatural, like it is unnatural. It is not normal for families to shun one another. Um, For those of our listeners who do not know, James and Barbara come from Jehovah's Witnesses. They practice a form of shunning called, um, formerly called, formerly called disfellowshipping. Am I right?
4: Not, not, exactly. not
3: necessarily um they disfellowshipping uh disassociation which is when you oh, leave on your own cognizes and also just leaving and becoming apostate all qualify you to be shunned by current members
4: As far as I know my husband and I were not disfellowshipped we we left of our own accord and we just kind of we moved away and we just never Went and went back to any Jehovah's Witness church, which is called a Kingdom Hall. So
2: yeah. See, I'm. But we're we're shunned.
4: We're shunned because they people that we formerly knew do know that we left, and and so and my husband also has a brother who is uh, in still in the organization who shuns us as well. So so,
3: yeah. But may, may I interrupt the broadcast for a moment, though, because I I got to make a confession to my mother here. I didn't really ask you on to be part of the show in this capacity. I asked you on because today's your birthday and, uh, I wanted to surprise you and have us all sing happy birthday to you because that is a thing that Jehovah's witnesses don't do is celebrate birthdays. And, uh, I wanted to have you on so we could all sing "Happy Birthday" to you. Oh, Honestly, you I was no. trying to bring it around. <laughs> I was, I was I mean, trying to bring it, bring it around with my last
2: intentions. Yeah, I was trying to bring it around with my last comment about the birthday. Lying is
4: shit. a disfellowshipping yeah.
3: offense? You know what else is a big dis- a disfellowshipping offense? Is tattoos as well? So yeah.
0: <laughs> Should
2: I display my tattoos while we're?
0: <laughs> oh my.
4: Well you yeah. can't be just fellowship because you weren't a Jehovah's Witness.
2: Oh <laughs> I was just, they, they I was never just fellowship first for years. my own <laughs> congregation. So yeah. let's yes, but
3: we're still well practiced on shunning, so we can still shun you. Well <laughs> we're <laughs> experts, really, please.
4: <laughs> yes, today is my birthday and I do have a dinner date with friends later on today, Ooh. which I made later because of this interview. So yes, um and so I, can only say,
2: um, I, I You know, I was looking forward just to singing happy birthday to you. I like just want to sing point, happy birthday. Really, I really want to hear a good conversation from you. Like you're, you, I like this. Like you're, you're good people.
4: Hey, look, happy birthday. Thank you.
2: you
0: so Well, here,
4: here's the song my dad, my, my dad was never a Jehovah's Witness, but he would sing this song to me on my birthday. And it goes oh. another year older and deeper in debt. Uh.
2: <laughs> I honestly expected the um, I, I, I
4: <laughs> yeah, you didn't know what to expect from me. I know that I expected
2: the Beatles birthday song. Honestly.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're you're another year older and deeper in debt. That's what he would say. <laughs> I've heard that
2: one though many times. Yeah,
0: another year older. Yeah.
2: Well, into... James, right. would well, you
3: let's... like
0: to lead us in a yeah. birthday song so we let's... can all sing like that today?
3: Let's do it. Let's put our harmonious voices together in our most <laughs> unpracticed version ever. Not
2: going to be harmonious at all. But let's... <laughs>
3: <laughs> we are not the choir. And a one, and a two, and a three. Happy Happy birthday birthday to you. you. Happy birthday birthday to you. you. Happy birthday, dear Barbara. Barbara. Happy
1: birthday birthday to you. you.
4: That's gonna be Ooh. the
2: worst rendition I've ever heard. Well, <laughs> yeah, we're all out of sync. You you've got to blame the internet for some I, of that. I, I it was was okay. It's It's five oh, G. It's so all kinds of, of shit going on. You know. You know.
3: I'm, I'm sorry I didn't have my auto tune on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you know what auto tune is?
4: Well, I I sincerely thank you because I know just despite the. <sighs> the lack of practice that it came from the heart and i I sincerely
3: thank all of
2: you that was my brother just wish you a happy birthday too so
3: (laughs) yeah yeah i i I actually i planned this earlier with uh mary this week and i (sighs) i i kind of deceived my mom a little bit say hey we want to have you on the stream but uh, this is really my whole purpose for getting you on yeah, yep.
2: I was uh, like, I was getting ready to try to bring it up myself at some point. I wasn't sure if it was happening or <laughs> not. Right. Yeah, we were talking not. about
0: it <laughs> because, really, truly, you deserve to celebrate, you Barbara. This is really I am cool. celebrating today. Celebrate. Yeah, it's I'm, a
4: it's a pretty lousy day here weather wise. We've had like a blizzard here all day. It's uh, snowing. It's in the twenties here. I'm in Jamestown, New York. We got by the here way. too. Oh my and okay. It's, it's a, a lousy lousy day here. But uh mm, but I'm going and- out with some some friends later on and it's going to be really nice so yeah.
2: It's me and Bartimus are on the eastern side so we understand your uh
0: yeah, I don't know. It's like 60 degrees and sunny. I love where I live. So it's yeah, no we, we
3: sunny
2: here. So we we all hate you right now, Mary. So don't don't be bringing that up. That's I don't hate so, you.
0: But I great love too. y'all. Like you know, y'all are great guests. Okay. Uh, well,
2: <laughs> you know, you take our weather for a while, and then see how much you hate everybody else. Uh, yeah, in,
0: absolutely. Way. Yeah, I'm also <laughs> like, you choose to live in that weather. I did. Yeah. <laughs> no. This no, is not on me.
2: Your
1: life
0: choices are not my problem.
1: Oh, come okay. on now. As,
4: as soon as my husband finishes remodeling this house and we live in an old farmhouse yeah. and he, he, he loved yeah. Mary grew you know, he's been up in doing an doing old farmhouse
2: and she fucking abandoned it just to go then, off.
4: Then, then we're gonna come <laughs> and we're gonna move in with that guy over there some, some people <laughs> <try> <laughs> other yeah. people's
3: ambitions.
4: and he, he won't be able to shun us <laughs> anymore no <laughs> like more shunning for I,
0: Barbara
3: I'll, I'll lock the door and throw away the keys kill <laughs> yourself Barbara that's that's
2: all
0: you need yep. to do <laughs> yep. And if you would like, Barbara, you can remain for the rest of the conversation or you can take off. It's really up to you. (laughs) We'd be happy to have you here.
4: Uh, I can stay for a while longer. I can can stay.
0: Okay, fantastic. Should we go back to our our shunning conversation? Because (laughs) other things that I have listed is like, You know, not allowing you to attend like family and community events that are open to others who are non-members of the congregation, Um, loss of support such as like, for example, somebody would babysit your child and they happen to be in the church. And so now they no longer, they would refuse to do that or provide that service for you anymore. Um, Loss of your home or business, even like rental properties or businesses that are being confiscated by your family and or former church or business co-owners and gossiping about you when a congregation or community gossips about you, and they do so in a way that controls the narrative about you, that seeks to lower your social status, autonomy, and validity as a human being.
3: Well, may I I jump in on the uh, shunning aspect? Because um, I'm not going to go into great detail. Um, You saw my post about it, Mary, in the uh, Facebook group. I'm not going to go into all the detail of that. But Earlier this week, my wife figured out that her parents are now completely shunning her. And it's been very rough for her. Um, She had been uh, texting and calling over the past month and received no reply whatsoever, whereas before she would at least get a reply on a text message or the phone would be answered when she would call. And... It's, it's something that's hit her really hard because, you know, she expected this, but at the same time, when it actually happens, it's mm-hmm. a completely different story. Now, in, in the Jehovah Witness world, parents can opt to not completely shun their children, and some do use the what little loopholes they have to not shun their children as much as possible that they can get away with within the confines of the religion. Well, her dad has always been very status-oriented. He is what's called a congregation elder or in other religions be a pastor. And he's always been more concerned about his image and his status as that than he has been about his family and other things. And um so that has been a very difficult thing that we've been going through this week, you know, with coming to that realization and knowing that they've completely ostracized their own daughter, which is and here's the thing with the Jehovah's Witnesses. So like If you're a baptized member, that's when you're eligible, for lack of a better term, to be shunned when you leave or whatever. Now, my children, my oldest is 15, never got baptized in the religion at all. And they try to get kids baptized as young as seven, eight years old nowadays. And they... Don't even call to check in on them, to ask how the kids are doing and see about their well-being. They just completely shun every last one of us.
0: So not even just you and your wife, but also the sins of the fathers and the parents rest on the children mindset. Yeah. yeah. That is just absolutely horrifying it's just an it's it just is a repetitive thing that keeps happening to so many people and it breaks my heart that you're you guys are experiencing that and coming to that realization for your wife may be a really really difficult thing and I'm so sorry because it shouldn't be happening it is not right to expect families to cast out their their children and grandchildren and do so with such absolution that there is no space left for them
3: yeah like like my mom was saying earlier you know they they're showing no they're saying the world has no natural affection yet they're you know showing it themselves and they don't even realize it they they think it's a loving thing to reject you in that way to try to make you come back and they don't realize That's emotional manipulation, emotional blackmail that they're trying to use on you. They're not – if you ever do go back, crawling back to the organization, it's not because you still believe in the organization or the religion. It's because you want to see your family, and so many people have done that and keep continually – putting themselves back within that cycle of abuse of that emotional blackmail and manipulation just to have their families talking to them?
4: Well, if you want to go back, it's not just a, a simple matter of going back and saying, hey, I'm sorry for what I did. I'm going to change, turn my life around. I want to uh, you know, become a Jehovah's Witness again. You've got to go through a, a committee of of elders in the congregation. You've got to sit at meetings with nobody talking to you for a period of time, and then you have to write a letter. and de- And I guess I'm my husband was an elder, and I guess that what what I gathered from him is you the letter has to detail what you've been doing to, uh, as they put it, get right with Jehovah, which and. Uh, then, then they'll meet with you again, and they determine whether you're worthy of coming back again. And then, when you come back, you you still don't, you still have to sit there. You can talk to people probably at this point, and but that depends on what the elders decide. But you you can't have certain privileges, like if you're uh, a baptized male, you can't you can't uh, give talks or you can't answer meetings. Perhaps depending on what they decide, so it's it's a very long, involved process to come back to the organization. So it's
3: like, and I- yeah. and,
0: and I- so here's a question: even like, let's say you you jump through all the hoops, will you ever reach the same social status that no. you help? Because
3: Most, no, so there are some that do because they were that well liked before, but. Like for, I know, like for me, when I was um, publicly reproved, which is just shy of being disfellowshipped in their book, you never reach that same status socially that you were ever at before.
0: So like you're always known as that person. You're that person, right? It's called being
4: marked. Yeah. In our religion, it's called being marked. So yeah. I,
3: I've got a, a friend. He actually still talks to me only when I text him or call him, but he'll still talk to me as, you know, normal conversation and everything. He has been disfellowshipped from the Jehovah's witnesses many times. And one period he was out for disfellowship for over 12 years. And he's currently disfellowshipped right now, But as a matter of fact. But he's one of those ones like my mom was saying, is marked in the congregation and just never ever will have any kind of social status. And when I see him continually crawling back trying to get their favor to be back in, I feel so sorry for him because he doesn't even realize what kind of an abusive relationship he's in with that organization.
0: Can you define further what you mean when you say like emotional back- blackmail like the manipulation behind that because some people may not quite understand that term?
3: Well, think think of it this way like um I almost will liken it to what and I'll put it in religious terms, the ransom of Jesus Christ. So his his ransom was supposed to, you know, basically buy us out of our sins, for example. Well, and the Jehovah's Witnesses, they use your family as basically a ransom to get you back in to the organization. So they hijack their ability to talk with you and communicate with you until you come crawling back to them and you pay, pay your debts off and pay the ransom to be able to come back and see them again.
0: That's really terrible it really is. And sadly, like it's, it's not just, I don't think that's just applies to like Jehovah's witnesses. I think there's other religions out there that also um, practice forms of that where they hold your family hostage.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I do have to ask Bartimus if Bartimus ever experienced anything or has any words to
1: say about all of that.
0: Social
4: um, status.
1: The, the loss of social status. It's, even though some of my friends from the, the my time in ministry talk to me again uh it's it's that look like there's something wrong and you know they pray for me to to get right and um yeah it, it never restores to a normal relationship but in my perspective it's because it was never a regular one to begin with The in christianity in so many sectors all the relationships are like a power continuum like you hold some kind of status and uh that status changes based off of you know whatever sin they uncover um wow like if i if let's say i have like a bad day like uh, meet, me and slu we're we're friends outside of this place uh, outside of this podcast um <laughs> Let's say I have a a bad day and, you know, I would get drunk and say something or do something dumb. Uh, I can always come back and apologize and make reparations for what I did wrong to hurt him and reconcile that that relationship to what it was. In the church, after you've offended the church in some way, you might try to reconcile, but they're never going to leave that thing you did alone.
2: Can I so, add in you- this, too? That um, there's a thing with... Um, so, this is something that my church went into, and they, they kind of did prayer requests.
1: Mm-hmm. Did bar- so
2: Gossip
3: okay, time! You, you
2: know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Look, so, y'all. Then you've Look- got all <laughs> of the fucking gossip time that they already had before that happened. So, everybody already kind of knows what the hell's going on with you. And then they say, and then you give up an unspoken request, right? So it's this thing of like, they they already know, they already know that's your church family, so you're able to tell them, right? So uh, it still gets spread as gospel at the end of the day, and then it it still gets turned into this thing of like you don't want to say. And, you know, everybody has their own freedom to to being able to to have their own um, issues they have going on in their lives, and they don't have to speak those things out, but they can give it as an unspoken request, right? But it isn't truly unspoken, is it? If you fucking... If they already know? Like, what are you doing at this point?
0: Well, so, like... You know, if you add it it's it's like this thing of like, you know, um, for example, let me, let me just put this out there, is like some people would even write letters for a prayer request, right? And they they wouldn't necessarily say exactly what went down, but you know, they might include a very sealed envelope that is like separate that has like the specific details of like what happened what happened with that person oh well you know and and we should ask such and such to pray for this person because you you know it's just so terrible they're just so whatever it is they've decided that your sin is like
2: like somebody had just sent their kid away to a, a christian um boot camp thing out west somewhere and you know that's uh, oh well they they have an unspoken request i wonder what that's about it it doesn't take much to, to put things together right. at all like
0: so i have a fitting mug for this it comes from the plain people's podcast okay and what it says is it literally says we see you back on the wednesday night prayer list so it's very Sorry, fitting for this conversation. <laughs> Welcome back, Bartimus. I was going to ask you, Bartimus, going back to what you were talking about with the, the um, did you feel like you were being marked? Like people are marked, like like once they've done this thing that they're known for? Mm-hmm. Like, let me give you all an example. I reported my abusers, Okay. I was marked. There is no, (laughs) like, like, I'm just saying, like, is that something, it may not be that extreme, but is there a thing where, was there a thing inside of your Southern Baptist church where once you had done this thing, like, let's say gotten drunk and, and even though you and SLU like had your, 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 your. Come to Jesus moment or your reckoning and accountability moment, right? Yeah. The church would know about it and would for you would forever be marked with that
1: sin. Absolutely. Um, and it was uh you would take somebody in recovery in our church and you would pray for them every day that they wouldn't drink publicly in the church. Oh, Jesus.
0: Uh, you know, I and think that I, was seen
1: as an act of love because you were beseeching God to help him maintain his sobriety, but really, you're just continuously embarrassing him for something that he's trying to recover from.
0: Uh, well, isn't there a Bible verse that says you shouldn't let uh, the left hand know what the right hand does?
2: Have you come to Jesus yet, Mary? <laughs> I mean,
0: um. <laughs>
3: <Which hand? laughs> No, don't let the other hand I, know. I'm, Jesus. Yes. <laughs> well, can I can I mention something real quick about um and with the witnesses with marking? And so say somebody commits fornication and they get disfellowshipped or excommunicated. Okay. Now they'll announce from the platform that so-and-so is no longer one of Jehovah's Witnesses to the whole congregation. So they'll all know at that oh, wow. point, hey. Now we're all shun this person because they did something you know, terribly wrong mm-hmm. and only the elders know what. Well, then in the, the next week or so after that announcement is made, they'll have what's called a special needs talk. And what that special <laughs> needs talk will be about is what that person did without naming that person.
0: But everybody now knows. Yeah. It is wild. Wow.
3: So yeah. does
2: does the marked thing does that refer to mark of the beast or is that not
1: accurate? No, in what it they're doesn't talking about it I doesn't
0: I don't think it refers to the mark of the beast. I think it goes okay. back to like for example, if any of you have ever read of or heard of like the scarlet letter A. You know, yeah. it's like a brand. You're being branded I, I, by the Yeah, very I, I wasn't
2: sure if they were going off of something like that along those lines. Or oh, was, uh, no.
0: The mark of the beast in my culture was a whole different thing. It yeah. had nothing to do with us. Well, right,
2: but yeah. we were so fire and brimstone shit to begin with. I could see them relating those things directly. I, it was I, where wow.
1: Paul in the Bible would talk about people to watch and people to be mindful yeah. of. And so it was using that kind of structure of, you know, for example, you don't want to hang around with Jim Bob, who's a recovering alcoholic, because Jim Bob's going to lead you astray into the sin of alcoholism.
0: Right, so we're going to further isolate somebody who needs even more support because they're struggling with addiction, which because is that actual-
1: calls you to sin.
0: Right, right, because this is how this works.
1: It's the like the start of You, know. the you didn't right. go anywhere with the adulteress alone because everyone knew what yeah. you were gonna well, be
2: doing. You, you shouldn't. You can't have. You can't be dressed a certain way in an office of a you know somebody that's. That's a banker, My neck's right? exposed,
0: man. Yeah. My neck's
2: exposed. We were talking exposed. about earlier, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That. Um,
4: David. David was listening in on this conversation, and and as a former elder, he wanted to clarify a certain point about marking.
3: Okay. And
4: that was that um, you could personally mark somebody else in the con in the congregation as well, rather than just a, a general marking uh, talk. So. You know, like it, wow. if What's... if you felt somebody wasn't, you know, doing what they should do, or you, then you could just kind of privately mark him. and that privately marking basically was a like a social shunning.
2: I mean, do you guys see that as the marking of the V be- Like, do you no, do you I, see them but... as being evil at that point? Or is that no, not, it's not, no. At that point, it was
4: just somebody who who did something they sinner.
2: shouldn't
4: do. You is just that? kind of, you, you, and it's it's kind of what you what you might be called in the world is tough
3: love. Well, uh, at, at that point too, uh, they they would always warn you about your association. Mostly, that would be you know, association outside of Jehovah's witnesses. So, uh-huh. you know, don't associate with people outside, but with what my mom's talking about, there was an internal structure of bad association as uh-huh. well. Cause they took that scripture at first Corinthians that says bad oh. associations spoils useful habits. So you could be an internal bad associate and know that that person's not somebody you should be around and s- stay away from them even though you're not you know, in an like, official capacity shunning that person so it gets I, like, very
4: com- as you can see the, well, these, and I, these I rules see it's very complex and yeah and I do just, I don't just kind of the tip of the iceberg guys thank you for for the birthday wishes I'm oh gonna my- go and get ready and All to- right. All right, out, Mom. Love you. Happy birthday, Barbara. James, you, you got thank me.
3: Thank you
2: for
3: talking <laughs> to me. I <laughs> Crystal birthday. didn't think I would.
4: And, and, and I just, I, I really do. I, I had a nice long conversation with your wife uh, yesterday afternoon. She called me and, and we talked about her, her parents. And, and I was I, we were able to, uh, I, I hope I was able Probably to help a little bit. So I just want to let you know that too while I'm on. Okay. Right. Thank, thank you. you have a good night happy birthday
1: happy birthday barbara
3: bye
2: that wasn't my wife by the way i'm divorced i didn't mean to give the awe like that wasn't mine
0: (laughs) (laughs) well it just came out suddenly so Uh, um, i i don't know how much time y'all have left but we really only have like a few more questions, and I thought we could just uh...
2: only until the apocalypse, whenever yeah. that's supposed to okay. happen. Okay, so let's, I'm all four know, let's has go. that down pat yet or not? I,
3: I have until like, my wife and kids get home, and that is like <laughs> Armageddon. It's coming at any time, and I don't know when. <laughs> He's waiting oh for wow. <laughs> I think you, you better
0: contact the elders by now. In the twinkling <laughs> of an eye. Yes. yes Yes. so the the next question that we would like to ask thank you guys so much for talking about shunning with such openness um i think it's really important but also like do you guys feel at peace where you're at today in regards to your faith or lack of faith
2: in my regards to late in my regards to faith or lack of faith yes in my regards to uh my whole mental stability i don't think so yet um, like there, there's so much of that I discussion. asked about I guess, faith like... here. so
0: <laughs>
2: Okay, sure,
3: sure. Some I don't think faith is relevant at all. <laughs> what did you say? Yeah. James? I said some people, not all people, liken faith to mental illness too. So,
0: okay, <laughs> well, I, I that's I interesting. I,
3: I will <laughs> say
1: being, um, and this is probably gonna be my only overt reference to TST, um. But being a minister again and, you know, having a community and a congregation, um, that's that's been like the biggest thing to help me as far as feeling whole again when it comes to the faith aspect. Um, you know, actually having a community of people to value my opinion. And I'm allowed to listen to them without any preset rules. Which, oh, that's you know, interesting. You no know, there's certain things you know not to tell your pastor, you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> being a satanist, there's nothing, there's no such thing as shame. So um, everyone is so open and free to talk and collaborate with each other. That's awesome. Well,
0: so that actually really ties into the next question, which is, what religion, if any, do you practice now?
1: Well, I'm I'm currently a uh, ordained minister with the Satanic Temple. i uh, thrilled to be with the West Virginia chapter. And they totally rock and roll, baby.
0: What about you, Slu? <laughs>
1: um,
2: so uh, I'm one of those one. I, I can. This, uh, so this this gets a little bit complicated. it Depends <laughs> on what question you're asking, right? So I'm an atheist. I if you're asking me the question of do you believe in a god or gods, the answer is no. I'm not a theist. I don't believe in those God or gods uh, at all. Um, When you get into, you know, things of, do you know for certain, then it gets a little bit, you know, sketchy with that because I could lean towards, um, I I don't know, I, 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 I could be an agnostic or I could be a Gnostic at that point. Because within the same certainty that we have science entailed to the things that we consider fact or fiction. If we're putting God in that same fucking category, then I'm an, I'm, I'm just as Gnostic about science and the things in science as I am about there not being a God at that point. So it, it wavers on that section of things. And then on the religious side of things, I i'm a satanist i'm a um uh, yeah i i'm i'm a satanist under the satanic temple for west virginia and yeah artist knows me and all that but yeah
0: (laughs) so so what i find interesting is that you're a satanist but you don't necessarily believe have a faith you're more like an atheist maybe or an agnostic person
2: Yeah, I mean, why should I tell an awesome story? Why should should theists get to hog up all the religions
1: anyway, right? Uh, I mean,
0: (laughs) you got a story for me? I
1: I have the best story ever. So, um, I just got back from SatanCon in Scottsdale, Arizona. It was the uh, first ever rally of Satanists and then that kind of a collective. And there were some people that had tried to witness to me while I was at SatanCon. And this guy walked oh, up to me, and I'm going to show gosh. you this n- necklace. I hope you told him you know Jesus. I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy. I go by Jesus to too. He, he grabs my necklace <laughs> and he says, I want you to know that you're not my enemy. He is. And I started laughing at him and I said, I've met a lot of crazy people that have imaginary friends, but I've never met any that have imaginary enemies.
2: Especially ones pertaining to the people that made your met necklace, like it's just fucking weird. I don't <laughs> I know. know. <laughs> but then I don't know what, what kind of hate group that is, but it's very specific and very odd. Like
3: Hey Bartenders, did you see the protesters outside the <laughs> Satan Con over there?
1: I I couldn't not see them. They were uh, I, I, the bocott lady followed me for a while. If you saw the,
3: the reason why I asked, because I I read an interesting um, article from Hemet Meta, and there was an article about how the religious protesters outside of Satan Khan were causing problems and getting in arguments and fights. Whereas yes. people in Satan con were the ones being the peaceful and law abiding citizens. So the police had to be called
1: on day one because the Protestants were getting into fistfights with the Catholics.
3: <coughs> I just cracked up when I saw that article. I was laughing so hard about that.
0: Can you can you like say that one more time?
3: So we
1: were the protesters showed up to protest SatanCon, it's and not the police make more had to be called the because the Catholics <laughs> were getting into fistfights with the Protestants.
0: But never mind, James. <laughs> do, do you <laughs> no. James, what religion, if any, do you practice now? I'm, I, I tell me you believe
2: in Jesus, James. At least at this
3: point. <laughs> well, oh, if you, if want you say to your, work your work. name is Jesus, then
2: oh. Jesus, hang on. <laughs> okay, I will. Sorry, I, guess. I don't know. I get if, that a lot.
3: My phone oh, rings. Sorry. If if you say your name I is Jesus, I believe in you. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. So but
3: as far as religion's yeah. concerned I'm atheist I'm I'm not part of the satanic temple or anything I'm just an atheist I don't believe in god You better dissociate yourself
2: we are so vehemently against
3: well, sure you are, anyways. I don't you know. know. <laughs> I, mean, I was thinking <laughs> you're, <about> you're <laughs> already up. going against your own tenants, by the way. With Mr. I <laughs> know exactly. I don't know.
2: I don't know what we're vehemently <laughs> against at that point. I just lost my train of thought.
0: Uh, okay, so go ahead, James.
2: I'm sorry.
0: Let me let me ask you this like, where do you draw your morals and values from, James? If you don't have a religious organization, you know, like ethics, values, morals, like people often tend to. I think that religion gives them their values and ethics and morals. Where do yours come from?
3: Absolutely. Religion gives people values and morals and all that. And they think it's moral to shun their family. They think it's moral to, for their God to commit genocides and, um, and things like that. And I've moved beyond that because I'd rather see things for the betterment of people and their, mental health and well-being rather than one set of stringent rules from this deity that is all about killing people for the slightest of grievances.
0: Yeah. So, so
3: I, my my moral structure is to do the best I can for the situation I'm in and if I don't know try to find out and do better.
0: So, in other words, be curious and educate yourself about the situation that you're in and maybe have an open mind so that you can learn new ways and do better. Because when we know better, we do better, right?
3: Exactly. Exactly.
0: So, what about you, SLU? Where do you draw your um, morals and values and ethics from? I mean, obviously, the satanic temple, but, you know, is that where your um, morals, values, and ethics come from, really?
2: Um, so I I would consider myself a skeptic first and foremost, um, an atheist second, uh humanist third, probably, and then a Satanist fourth. It's a shame that Satanism comes that far down my fucking chain, but I I really like to to have a good men a good bit of community with all of them. Um. It, it, it works that way because the skepticism led me to Satanism. You know, it's, it's one of those things of um, the way I view skepticism is not to, to halt it in any degree. Science, scientific method in itself, like I don't think it disagrees with those things at all. That you are, um, it's, it's, if it's um, unfalsifiable, it doesn't fall under scientific method by today's standard. Um, In the same way, that's how Socratic method began. So that's where I tie all of that together. And it's... uh, Like, I don't... um, With that, I I can't... it's, It's one of those things that the tenets line up perfectly with those things. And, um... I can't deny that either. So my humanism and everything comes from the fact of it's what what's best for humanity based off fucking people that know about humanity and um, Satanism isn't that fucking far off from that like at all it it really isn't there's um there's even some some things that like I i like I mean, the artistic background of a lot of it as well to, to be representing things um, through a symbolic method and everything. It's very artistic in itself. And I appreciate that about it as well. So it just kind of fits. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Bartimus, thank you so much for that. Um, I, I, Really like to ask Bartimus and, and Slew, and I don't know if James is familiar with like the satanic tenants, but if one of you could list off like the satanic tenants for those who do not know what the satanic tenants are, that could be a very interesting discussion for some folks to hear.
1: I would love to give you just one second though, because I want to show you something off as we do it, okay?
0: Okay. What is Bartimus doing today?
1: So traditionally, blasphemy is super important to Satanists. It's a way of showing liberty from arbitrary authority. So it's not just a way of making fun of Christianity so much as it is a way of us being able to say that we're not subject to that arbitrary belief system any longer. So I made a rosary Except instead of having the Virgin Mary and the cross on it It has the sabbatic goat and leviathan Which are both satanic symbols A catholic rosary comes with ten beads Mine run in series of seven Because we have seven tenets that we base our faith off of And this was a way for me to kind of have a tool to keep the seven tenets with me and at all times. But the first tenet is that one should act with empathy and compassion towards every creature within reason. The second is that the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that supersedes laws and institutions. The third is that one's body is inviolable and subject to one's own will alone. The fourth, which we used a lot at SatanCon, is that the freedom of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own. Number five, beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world, and one should take care to never distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. Number six, people are fallible. If somebody makes a mistake, they should do the best to rectify it and solve any harm that was caused. And then number seven, every tenet is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility and in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over written or spoken words.
0: So... Here's here's a thing. Do do most Satanists actually worship Satan? And
1: <clears throat> there okay, so Satanism is divided into two main camps. If you look at it, I'm not speaking temple or church. I'm Satan saying that philosophically there is theistic Satanism that believes that there's a literal devil. Yeah. And then there's non-theistic Satan Satanism, which is most popular right now that we will we believe in the literary character to us satan is just as real as harry potter okay but we can identify with the character of satan with the adversary with the giver of knowledge with the light bringer with the accuser uh we we can identify with that persona without believing that there is a literal entity out there.
0: So what you're saying is what I hear you saying and correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Okay. Is that you're you're saying that you can identify with like the 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 role model of Satan per se as in like Being somebody who brings justice, who is um, a rabble rouser per se, maybe somebody that rebels against injustice.
1: Exactly. And it's the idea of the only reason that God was the authority figure in the story was because he said so. And so that role of the rebel of, you know, why is this God character in charge? You know, and yeah. having the, and, and, and having the uh, wherewithal to rebel, even if you know you're going to lose, it's the idea of saying, "This fight's worth having."
0: But you're not saying that you would necessarily worship Satan.
1: I can't worship something that doesn't exist. I can't so So Mary, what do you call a person who believes in a literal devil? I don't know. What do a you call Christian. him? A Christian. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm just asking. I know.
1: <laughs> I just love that joke, and I try to slip it in whenever I can. Because you uh, had to. I would, I
2: would say that you can worship yourself in terms of Satanism in a way. How so? Um. That... That it, it is more about the uh, actual person and them having their own autonomy and everything at the end of the day.
0: So that actually is interesting, an interesting concept. Um, yeah. Because, you know, you could very much so, I guess, in, the, in regards to autonomy. But the other thing is, is like even if you're like, being yourself and being who you really are at the same token, wouldn't that be like a thing of like, you're giving yourself autonomy, but you're still also required to hold other people's bodies autonomous.
1: Like- it, it, and, and that's, and that's such an awesome concept because, um, okay. My wife and I were married when I was, when I was active in ministry. So going from your body is not your own and you're bought with a price and wives submit to your husbands as husbands submit to the church and the church submits to the Lord. Um, When you go from that to Satanism and you have that third tenet, my body is mine and no one can tell me what to do with my body, but also my wife's body is hers and no one can tell her what to do with her body. And so now we have the startling realization that we are living together because we want to, and that we surround Correct. each other with each other not because we have some kind of requirement or some kind of power because what, we're what, each other.
2: Like what is that saying? It's uh, you're. Your rights, okay, so like...
1: Your rights end when somebody else's safety begins.
2: Uh, right, right, or I don't know. I've heard it as the where your fist meets my face. That's uh, well, a <laughs> type of deal, but yeah, yeah, it's a better...
1: But going from submission <laughs> to autonomy is definitely a different dynamic. Um, and well, like, I think it's strengthened our navigate? marriage too, because now the only reason we're together is because we want to be together. So, uh,
0: and how do you navigate that? Like, how do you you go from, like, this belief that women must be submissive at all times to, like, your body is your own?
1: I will say it's because I never believed that women should be submissive in the first place. Okay. That, you know, even when I was religious, my wife was her own person to me. And I right. wasn't looking for, you know, a housemate or a servant or, you know. Um, and so we were lucky enough to want to be together in the first place.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But realizing now that there's no rules, there's no boundaries, that nobody's keeping anybody here, you know. Um, and then still waking up with that person every day is awesome
0: well it's kind of like when you're given the opportunity to be autonomous like that's that's actually a beautiful thing because you you know I think that many people may not realize like how important it is for people to have autonomy and even to describe autonomy as like being in control of one's own body so that's really interesting that you describe this whole relationship but also the thing that you never believe the submission principles anyways
1: like i just wow well it's, it's because like okay th- there was this uh even even in the bible it talked about husbands also submitting to their wives um and that saying that wives are to submit to uh Husbands, in the same way that the church submits to Christ, and Christ is to love the same way. And so, that was the lo- loving my wife was never hard, um, and the submission dynamic never came into it.
0: So, people often forget about that part of the Bible. But I have to ask, like James, did you guys ever have that kind of thing in your teachings?
3: Well, uh, absolutely. We had the whole—they called it the headship arrangement, you know, just like uh, Bartimus was describing, where you know the husbands, the head of the wife, the uh, Christ is head of the congregation, and all that, and it, it created a whole dynamic of subservience from the top down. But the people who got the worst of it really were the women, because the men always had the positions of the power and authority within the congregation. And, you know, looking backwards, I don't believe in any kind of deity or anything now. So it's all man-made power that they're holding over people, whether it's the women or, you know, others in the congregation who haven't achieved that their status yet, especially, you know, like the elders in the congregation, because they're the ones that had the power to basically do and say whatever they wanted to you and get away with it with a lot of impunity because nobody was holding them accountable and it was all within the religious confines. So yeah, we absolutely had that dynamic and they even took it so far as to try to enforce what you do in your bedroom and your household and everything like that. So they took it to an extreme in that regard.
0: That's pretty terrible. Uh, Did they ever um, promote the idea of like demons or, you know, like somebody did something because like they're possessed by a demon or Satan took control of them.
3: We never really got into, um, Now, when I was growing up, there wasn't really any like people get possessed by demons, but they did have some old articles in their magazines that talked about demon possession and things like that. And then if you just say the name of Jehovah, that'll cast out the demons kind of thing. And then there was also plenty of stories where people would literally... Be, they would literally be warned to be careful what they bought at garage sales. Because something that you buy from somebody else that you don't know could be <laughs> demon-possessed. And then there was the stories of where somebody did do that, figured out it was demon-possessed, and then tried to burn it, and it wouldn't burn.
0: Wow. <laughs> That's really interesting. Yeah. Well... I, I have to ask Bartimus and Slew the same thing. Like, did you guys ever like um, experience people who believed that like there, someone was possessed by demons or it was Satan taking control of them, or something like that that caused them to do like criminal acts or, you know, horrible things
1: or sin? With me, it was people calling things satanic. Uh, so I'm going to go back. I'm in fourth grade. I'm in a Christian school um pokemon had just come out and i had bought with my own money my first game boy pocket and pokemon blue oh my and then it gets out in the church that i'm playing this game and i was letting satanic forces into my home wow uh then fast forward i'm in seventh grade i get into the dark tower series by stephen king and as I'm reading these books, I get told again, I'm, I'm welcoming satanic forces into my being.
0: You have a very interesting reading history. <laughs> Those were forbidden. Yes. How now, Bartimus, shall we? Never mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then, yeah, so it wasn't so much that like there were demons influencing is what we were told. It was if we did certain things, we were welcoming evil spirits into our lives
0: oh wow wow that's really interesting what about you so
1: like off of that um
2: my my grandmother growing up she grew up in a um see we didn't we didn't believe in the whole speaking in tongues thing right but my grandma's family did um so she came from the it was a what do you call those um I can't even think of the name. Like, we went to the churches maybe one or two f- times my my whole existence. Um, we never went to church with that family budge. We never went to church with anybody other than our church. So it's just weird thinking about that, usually. But um, they they believed in the seven-day advance. The, the uh, people really strongly clung to that shit with their... Their beliefs and everything speaking in tongues taking up snakes fucking doing all that stupid shit and so it's it's strange coming coming and seeing that that um coming from the background that came from and then seeing that brought up as well it's 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 striking the um
0: well i mean many times I've heard, and I've personally experienced like people being demonized because, or even they're possessed by a spirit. I've witnessed yeah. people telling people that they're possessed by a spirit because of if they have PTSD. Well, you just have an evil spirit well, or well, a demon's that's, taken that's possession. Exactly, of
2: you. that was exactly the way that they that my grandma had portrayed the religion that she had grown up in. So there was this weird contrast between. Like the religion she brought me up in. And this one that she came from before. But there wasn't a big difference between the actual content being looked at at the end of the day. Right? They're still going back to the same Bible. They're still going back to the same concepts. It was just this one thing that that religion have to take off on more than what the one that she decided to bring me up in did. Right. So it was uh, these weird contrast and then trying to make them similar at the same time and that 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 fucks with you a good bit when you're coming out of it
0: so do you guys think that there's any benefit to people believing that someone who um acts abusive is because they're possessed by a demon or satan do you think there's a benefit to believing that
1: Absolutely
2: oh yeah, not. yeah, yeah. For the guy that the for the guy that's fucking guilty of it, right? There There's go. all kinds yeah. of benefits for him.
3: Yeah, for the really for the abuse victim. Hell no, they they're right. just they're they're not only losing out on getting justice for their situation, but they're also letting this perpetrator, this idiot, get away with a lame ass excuse. Mm-hmm.
0: Anything else? What do you think that the abuse abuser benefits from?
1: He gets an what easy are... out. He doesn't have to take responsibility or own his his behavior because he can blame it on some type of imaginary outside entity.
0: It's really interesting. The
2: Funny thing is, like I, I mean, not funny, but I just I I think that it plays into the thing also of whoever has the most money he gets to just get out of that shit, right? So it's. It's very much of uh, a game of feudalism to begin with. It's overtaken our fucking country.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, I just wondered, because, like, I also wanted to ask each of you before we end this. uh, I guess James had to go. um, Are there any practices you embraced in your journey that you'd like to share with us today, like, For example, for me, I'd like to suggest people be curious and, you know, go explore nature, go explore different countries, go explore different cultures, and approach those things with an open mind. Approach them to hear and to see what people are telling and showing you and believe them. You want to go, Slough?
2: I'd I'd like for people to... um... So like we were talking about earlier, I'd like for people to recognize that um the things that uh, because you've there there isn't always a silver lining like people like to make it out to be. Um there it, there's never that. It's it's trauma and shit that people have been through throughout their lives and they can make the best of it or not. And just because they haven't at some point doesn't mean that, that they're um, not important in themselves. Um, So like with that, I I think that that, that uh, like I said, I'm sure there you've gotten a million fucking questions like, along those same lines throughout your whole uh podcast and and your background and i i i don't find it as relevant to anything really it's um i am who i want to be i am who i am and fucking religion has a lot of um fucked up things in it that, that, um, have, uh, that lead into patterns of behavior and shit that we can tell today throughout like several of them. There's so many fucking religions. There's so many branches, of just Christianity itself. And if anything, I hope, I hope that I'm at the end of the day that I'm, I'm able to, um, maybe help people that have, that have come along that same path. And, uh, um yeah can can benefit from uh good resources for that that sort of thing
0: so and I I I guess like going back to like what you were making reference to is not being able to like find not having to find the silver lining doesn't make you any less worthy of having support and access right. to resources and other things that you may need as you navigate your life after exactly. you have exited a religion or even during exiting a religion when things get to a space where that feels like that may not be the right way forward for you to continue being a part of this organization or religion. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. That's, that sums it up quite well, I
0: think. Okay. Awesome. What about you, Bartimus?
1: Uh, So I replicate things that were meaningful to me when I was in my church. Um, One thing that we always did was we had what was called a devotional time where it was it was a quiet time and we would read the bible or read a bible story or a christian book or something with food for thought for us to think about um and now today i have a a little altar set up in my bedroom with a chair beside it and to just make that quiet time to go through some book that's meaningful to me Um. You know, so I'm still getting those benefits of, of making, I still see the benefit of making quiet time for yourself uh, in your day-to-day walk and practice. And so that's one thing that the church did give me that I've kept ever since, since leaving.
0: But, you know, also like, I do want to point out and add to that a little bit is like, everybody has different types of trauma and as such we have to navigate that with what is safe for us because some people may not feel like this is appropriate but i will listen to church hymns that's the thing well that's that's the thing
2: too like i i um bartimus might get um great things from from some of that like even right. psychology will will agree with those things with meditation and and things that go along with all of that and people being together and and getting a nice state of mind from that shit it's it, it, i can't deny any of that and i didn't mean to and it's oh
0: no you're not but
2: yeah. i like you said we all have different um
0: mm-hmm.
2: d- different kind of lives we come from and the way that we take all of that shit and how it it makes us progress throughout life and everything. So that's yeah. okay. And that's kind of the beauty of the, of Satanism and TST and everything to begin with is that it, you don't have to like those same things in order to be in that little, in that group. Um, it's, it's fine to do those things and you're still within the tenants. Like you aren't, that doesn't make me or us any less outside of those things. like, Right. We're still within those things.
0: Well, then, even I know that, like some people, like they may find meditation to be very triggering, and other people might find the religious music that I listen to to be very triggering. I'm not lying; I listened to about thirty minutes of religious music before this podcast.
2: No, and I, I do believe, <laughs> I that's like, still, that's... yeah, I believe it still ties into our tenets with um, being. It... Up to with our, uh, we we hold things within scientific standards, in one of our tenets. So it's it's very much up there with that that you everybody comes from different backgrounds and everything. Everybody's going to have different triggers about them as well.
3: Mm-hmm. So you
2: can't conform it to some kind of um, thing of that nature. For me personally, I've went to um, atheist type groups that have, I, I loved the concept and everything. I loved it. Um, but they were, they were free thought. They were around my area and they, at the time, and they had, um, a church structure to it. Right. So you would kind of, you would come in and they would have this Sunday assembly. I believe that's a national thing. I don't want to, like, infringe upon anybody, but, it, like, it, it's them, regardless where you view them. I, I I liked what they were doing, but I couldn't get on board with it just because of I had so many hang-ups with that shit. Just the structure itself, and I looked so much into it of seeing how it is almost a way of hypnot, hypnotism, in a way, or trying to get you in a lulled state of sense with the structure they have set up for church and everything that I wasn't able to really get around that. Other people like the communal thing, they like the structure because of that and everything. I understand that completely and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I can't I, I just can't. Like it 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 hurts me a little bit just to be there because right. of the similarities to it. They're ch- now listen, they're 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 singing like, you know, rock fucking songs, not hymns or anything. Mm-hmm. They're um they're, they've got, you know, like scientists and shit coming on from the university nearby and stuff to just talk about shit. I, I think the one I went to, they were talking about um, Mars rovers and stuff in depth, pretty, pretty decent. And <clears throat> so, like, it's not, you know, it's it's nothing harmful in that sense. It's just something that triggers me with the experiences I've had and with the structure to that. So I don't, I don't, you know, I don't um, try to hold anybody or anything against anybody that would want to want to do that. That's great. I love it. I love all of it. But for me personally, I can't do that
0: and that's okay this is a prime example of what i mean when i say everybody has different traumas and different things that trigger them but it's also why i say be curious i'd encourage everybody to be curious and i say this because Typically, when we've experienced so much trauma in our lives, what happens when we open ourselves and we allow ourselves to be a little bit curious is then we go out and we have these experiences, because if you were not curious enough to go attend this, you would have never found out that that's a trigger for you now, would you? Right. Like, so you found all this out because you were curious. It's the same concept as when somebody goes from like one religion to another religion and sometimes some people find like a religion that gives them comfort and that's okay for them too i don't think that it's up to me to judge anybody for how they handled their trauma rather i think people have to find ways to live with what happened and i encourage each of you everybody who's listening to continue to do that and i hope everybody has a fantastic week
1: yeah
2: I hope you do, too.
1: Yes, and thank you so much for having us on, Mary.
4: Know yourself.